Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. U.S. stock index futures are higher amid optimism interest rates will rise at a slower pace. Oil rising for the first time in five days in New York. Check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up 12.5 points. Dow E-mini futures up 107. And NASDAQ E-mini futures up 35. DAX in Germany is up 1.8%. Ten-year Treasury down 4.30 seconds. The yield 1.81%. NYMEX crude oil up 1.5% or 56 cents at 38.84 a barrel. COMEX gold little change at 1237.50 an ounce. The euro, $1.1329. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Barry. Uh, Karen, uh, thanks so much. This is a real thrill. Dean Hubbard, uh, Glenn Hubbard of the Columbia Business School is always prescient, always a value add. He's someone the right, the left, uh, always listen to. And he killed it. I mean, folks. Killed it yesterday over that lousy lunch at the Marriott uh, with Cherry. Dean Hubbard, did you like your lunch? It was uh, pretty bad. Yeah, okay. We <laughs> had better economic club lunches. You, you had the same waiter that I had. Um, Dean Hubbard, you talked about regression, uh, uh, re- rather reaction functions, and I thought Chair Yellen's answer was brilliant on shifting from predictable models and reaction functions to the challenge of factors of in a three-dimensional space, factors that are unpredictable, some endogenous, some outside the model. It was very subtle academics. Describe how Chair Yellen answered your question on reaction functions. Well, what I was trying to get at is if the forecasts aren't changing, but policy is becoming more dovish, Either policy itself is changing its reaction to different variables, or maybe we all got confused what they were saying in the first place. I interpreted her answer as saying, we have a complicated model. You're asking about a simple model. The problem with that answer is, what's in that model? And it appears to keep changing over time. I I think the Fed is operating a little bit without a hinge. I thought that what it reminded me of, sitting in the cheap seats three rows behind you, was was Stephen Ross of MIT, the original Modigliani professor at MIT, and just the certitude of our models, which Professor Ross is always pushed against. I mean, how outside the textbook are Janet Yellen and other central bankers working right now? Well, I think they're quite outside the realm of uh, models. The problem is, of course, they may need to be at some point. They, they obviously have to look holistically at a lot of factors. The question is, they're not really telling us what they're doing. So when they talk about inflation and unemployment, well, those are sending one signal. Then she talked about the world economy, but frankly, the U.S. economy is weathering the global Uh storm. So I'm I'm not quite sure where the crisis is that the Fed is worried about. Dean, that raises a fascinating question. Last I checked, the Fed had a dual mandate, not a triple mandate. How significant, significant should global unrest be to the issues of full employment and monitoring inflation? Well, I think global problems are important to the extent that they're disrupting the U.S. economy. If it were the case that U.S. growth were severely depressed by global growth or inflation, that that's, of course, an issue. But core inflation is rising. The unemployment rate is in full employment 
territory, at least by the Fed's own definition. And so I'm not quite sure why policy is starting to become uh, more dovish. Well, when you say inflation is rising, the most recent data point we got year over year, 1.7%. We're still below the Fed's two-year target. Uh, are the risks asymmetrical? Are they uh, – and I, I don't believe this, but I'm just going to throw the question out there. Are they better off being too late than too early? I don't think so. I mean, it's we've learned this lesson many times in monetary policy that when you wait to see the whites of the eyes of inflation – You've waited too late. The real question, and I thought she did a very good job in answering this, is that we need better fiscal policy, not just in the United States but around the world. And, of course, that's not her department. The government has refused to act. It's just stunning. I'm so glad you bring that up, Glad The idea of Alan Greenspan or Arthur Burns standing at the Economic Club of New York and turning to you and saying – ripping fiscal policy as she did yesterday would be unthinkable. What's the new new of how we don't do fiscal policy in America? What's different now versus how we didn't do fiscal policy in 2008? Well, I think fiscal policy is two issues. One, if we were to enter a recession, we would need to think hard about the use of fiscal policy, and that's hard politically. That's what she's pointing out. But the other is the long term. You know, we need to get our long term house in order so that we do have room to act. And again, the president and the Congress have just not done that. When I look, uh, Glenn, at the other point where her folks, Sherry Yellen speaks in very moderate measured terms. And then the Brooklyn clicks in when she gets upset. I believe it was Blinder that asked the question, but I'll say, Dean Hubbard, it was you, and she was full Brooklyn on productivity. It was, it was, it was Vice Chairman Blinder. Um, uh, he asked about productivity, and she didn't mince any words. How confused are, are we? Is it a record confusion over productivity? Well, you know, it's it's not just the Fed. I wouldn't blame her or the Federal Reserve. Oh, absolutely. It's a big debate right yeah. now. To how I mean, right now, what we do know is productivity growth in the here and now is a business. The question is, will it return to a better level? I actually think it will. I'm I'm more of an optimist, a bit like the Fed forecast, but that is clearly uncertain. What was a little unusual to me is that she thinks that the real interest rate going forward would be very low, but she also thinks productivity is going to be high. I'm not sure how you reconcile that. Do, Do we really have abysmal productivity growth, or do we have abysmal productivity measurement? As someone who runs a small business, I'm astonished at what I can do with a relatively small staff. wasn't possible five or ten you're, years you're ago. You're quite right. We, the, the problem with productivity is we're really good at measuring things in the goods economy. But, of course, the U.S. is largely a services economy, and measurement is a huge issue. And certainly every business leader I talk to feels that he or she has plenty of room to grow in productivity, which is why I'm – I'm an optimist, but I do think it's curious the Fed both has a high productivity forecast and a low interest rate forecast. I just don't know how those hang together. Ten seconds. I want to. I just got. I got to ask a question, Glenn, because of your support of Republican um, theory. Has Mr. Trump spoken to you? Have you advised him on economic theory? He is not. It's hard for me to believe any economist is advising him, giving the, the crazy <laughs> okay. economic policies he's espousing. I don't want to waste time on yeah. this, but I thought I, just as a form of note, I had to get it out of the way. Okay, so we all agree productivity is mismeasured, and there's a, there's a beauty to it right now for Barry Ritholtz, entrepreneur. Great. But is it bimodal or even trimodal where only a portion of America is taking advantage of our new productivity? 
Well, that's a question about making the gains more inclusive. I think we need to have a much greater discussion about how to support work in this country. I think what Chair Yellen is really worried about is the labor force participation rate, and yeah. that's an important problem. It just isn't one for the Fed. It's one for better work support policy, changing the EITC, changing the way we reward work. We're just not having the conversation. Right. Uh, let's get to this conversation. Bill Gross publishing his April note. Uh, we'll try to get Mr. Gross on that. Of course, always he joins us on Jobs Day. We appreciate uh, that. Dean Hubbard, Bill Gross saying, let's go. I mean, in the words of Patrick O'Brien, there's not a moment to lose. Gross to central bankers get growth humming by 2017. How do central bankers create growth? Well, you know, I, with due respect to Mr. Gross I'm, Gross, I'm not sure what they could do more at the moment. There are wealth effects from uh, continuing the accommodation, but they're not bubbling through to growth. If we want faster growth, we need better fiscal policy, and that's about tax reform. It's about rewarding work. I agree that should be job one, but somebody needs to send that memo to the president and the Congress, not to Janet. You know, given the state of the U.S. infrastructure, as someone who travels frequently and occasionally abroad, every time I'm in Europe or Asia and I return home, I'm astonished at the amount of work that's needed here, and I just can't wrap my head around why this isn't happening. Have we lost the political will to do the basic block and tackling that has to be done? Well, I think that uh, we do have to work on this. We need an infrastructure strategy. Infrastructure is not stimulus. It needs to be a long-term strategy, and it needs to involve states and local governments and the private sector as well as the federal government. And it is a shame that neither side is taking leadership there. Dean Hubbard, thank you so much. Congratulations on smart questions yesterday. Really informed and moved the debate forward uh, with Chair Yellen. He is the dean of the Columbia Business School. Futures up 13, Dow futures up uh, 107. Barry, markets move, and then they've continued to move this morning. Yeah, futures, futures continue to firm up. We're looking at uh, almost 13 on the S&P, over 100 on the Dow Mini. And NASDAQ started the move up yesterday, and it's continuing today. How do you respond to the doom and gloom of January, February? We're all going to die and we need to start to frame moving out to record highs here if we get further. You, you know, you, know, you have to go back at the, and look at the historical data. You get a 10% correction a couple of times a year. On average, a 20% correction comes along just about every 18 to 24 months. It's what the market does. It doesn't go straight up. Yeah. It goes up and down. I know that's a newsflash for some people. So surveillance breaks exclusive. You're right. Uh, that's how markets behave. There's, there's gains. They get ahead of themselves, and then they yeah. mean revert. You know, the dollar mean reverting this morning in a mean way. Weaker, uh, weaker, weaker dollar uh, this morning. Uh, the euro, 113.36 yen, 112.40. A much stronger Japanese yen over the last 18 hours. Barry Ritholtz and Tom Keen bonus round, two more hours. Bloomberg Surveillance.